Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hey, everybody. It's Monday, October 23rd, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. Coming up on the show today, we've got our biggest takeaways from the weekend, plus questions we need answered and top performers and disappointments. I know we've said this the last few weeks, but week seven was a really weird week. Yeah, I'm happy that next week there's no buys or anything. Injuries weren't too bad uh, going into next week now, it looks like, because week seven was probably the weirdest one yet. And I feel like we've said that like three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row we've said that, but this week was very, very strange. And so to that point, uh, we're going to get into some of the biggest takeaways from a weird week seven. We're also going to ask some questions that we need answers to. Uh, We're probably not going to get them, but we're going to ask the questions anyway. Normally we have some news headlines, but really there was no news that came out of the week. So we're going to start instead, each of us with our biggest takeaway from week seven. And uh, what was yours? Rasheed Rice and uh, has something in common with Winter. They're they're both coming. Uh, but it's going to take like eight seasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to take eight seasons for Rasheed Rice. Luckily, uh, this past week he was third amongst the receivers in snaps, second in routes. He had the second most targets on the team. Finished with five catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown. He is now top double digit fantasy points in three straight. He continues to get more and more run each week, and. That's the thing. Like right now, the floor looks really, really safe. I don't think we've seen anywhere close to his ceiling because if he can be the wide receiver one, not the number one target that is always going to be Travis Kelsey, but if he could be the number two target and number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes, I think the upside is top 20, top 15. Yeah, I think we figured out who the number one wide receiver is there. We didn't know that after the first month of the season, but it seems to be turning clear uh, at this point in Kansas City. Staying in the AFC West, 
You can start all running backs against the Las Vegas Raiders. Just just do it. And <laughs> when you look at them in terms of fantasy points per game, they are not giving up the most fantasy points per game to the position. Uh, right now, they are currently fifth overall. But they have been a get-right opportunity for a lot of guys who have been struggling. A couple of weeks ago, it was A.J. Dillon going for 76 and a touchdown. That got you 13 points. was good as a top-12 finish this week. The week after that, it was Ramondre Stevenson finally getting going after a tough start to the year. He had 70 yards and a touchdown. That was good for 18 points and a top-10 finish. And then on Sunday... Deontay Foreman went nuts. Over 100 scrimmage yards, three total touchdowns, two rushing, one receiving, helped the Bears beat the Raiders three weeks in a row of running backs who either were struggling or guys that we were maybe plugging in off the waiver wire or off our bench. And the Raiders were the cure for what ails them at this point. No hesitation, no fear. If you've got a running back against the Raiders, plug that guy into your lineup. It has just been that simple. Meanwhile, there are a lot of things that have not been very simple. These are things we want answers for. I, I called it WTF, but uh, this is a family show, so we didn't put it on there. But we, we still have a couple of things each that we have seen that have us scratching our heads. You maybe encapsulated all of week seven <laughs> with the first thing you want an answer for. Arthur Smith. That's it. That's it. That's the whole I, thing. I, I want to know why this guy is still being entrusted as he is because he lies clearly. Like, <laughs> like Bijan Robinson was not on the injury report at all. There was no report at all on Sunday that he was sick and not feeling well. And it also seems kind of shady. Like, I don't want to say they're lying, but they were like, yeah, he wasn't feeling too well. And then at the end of the game, Bijan was like, yeah, I had a bit of a headache last night. Uh, and the Falcons were like, we'll give you more information tomorrow. So we we need to wait a full twenty four hours to hear that this guy was sick. Like I, I don't that doesn't make sense to me. But besides that, Kyle Pitts fifty two percent of the snaps this past week. Uh, John Smith played more snaps. Miko uh, Pruitt played almost the same number of snaps as Kyle Pitts. It just it it's maddening. Yeah, I understand they won the game. They shouldn't have. I understand that they're in first place. They shouldn't be because their coach is deliberately trying to hold them back at this point. And it's just weird because we went a couple of weeks where Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan were all being used heavily, and we thought, okay, maybe it's safe to. And again, like like Lucy pulling the football away on Charlie Brown, we get it pulled out from underneath us, and now we're frustrated. And it just. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And it makes it hard every week to, to see if we can count on the Falcons. The whole like they're winning thing. I, I don't think even like, yeah, you're winning despite wasting top five, yes. top eight draft picks every single year. It doesn't make any sense. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Meanwhile, I just have a question for the New York football giants. Can we just get Tyrod Taylor as a full time starter, please, 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 please. And because you look at what this offense has done the last couple of weeks, they get a win. It was an albeit an ugly win. But a win nonetheless over the Washington Commanders. They look really good. I lose to the Buffalo Bills, but they go toe to toe with the Bills. And in both weeks, Tyrod is the starter. And what we love about it is that he is targeting the guys we want in this offense. It's Darren Waller getting involved, finally getting in the end zone this past week. Thank you, National Tight Ends Day. Um, you know, they're <laughs> getting the ball to Wandale Robinson. They're getting Jalen Hyatt involved. These are the guys that we think they need to get involved in order for this offense to work. 
Look, no offense to Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton. We have seen how that works. The ceiling is lower there. It's not moving the ball. Meanwhile, get some of your young talent or some of your talent that you gave up assets for. Get those guys going. And Tyrod is doing that, certainly doing it better and more than Daniel Jones is. If you are the Giants, you're you're barely hanging on by a thread in terms of your playoff uh, lives. You're two and five and nobody's expecting you to go anywhere. Do something to sort of kickstart this offense. And I don't care if you gave the bag to Daniel Jones. That was a mistake. You don't have to live with it. Go and fix your offense. And Tyrod is the guy who fixed that offense. Tyrod and Daniel Jones have the same number of passing touchdowns this season. There you go. Enough said. Enough said. Uh, meanwhile, in the desert, there is we have confusion in Atlanta. There's confusion in Arizona. I, I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. Two weeks ago when uh, James Conner got hurt, it was Emery DiMercato getting all of the work. He was a big waiver wire pickup. A bunch of people spent fab. Then last week, he couldn't see the field. It was Keontae Ingram that was dominating work early on. Uh, DiMercato really only saw the field in the second half when they were trailing. But then this past week, he plays 78% of the snaps, have 13 carries, 23 routes, five targets. The other Cardinals running backs, Keontae Ingram did not play a single snap. And uh, Damian Williams had one carry for two yards. I feel like the only running back you could trust here is DiMercato. But even that, I, I don't know if I you could trust. Like next week when no team's on by, get away from him. I mean, it just, it didn't make sense, right? I mean, okay, we all go in on, on DiMercato. That's fine. They go to Ingram. All right, so let's just make the pivot. And then all of a sudden, no snaps at all for Keontae Ingram. Like it, it, it boggles the mind. It is mind-bottling what happened there in Arizona this week, or at least for the Cardinals, I should say, this week. Speaking of running backs, what's going on with all these backup running backs flexing when their starters come back to action? I mean, (laughs) Joshua Kelly, for weeks, we had been starting him when Austin Eckler was out, and we got nothing. Then Austin Eckler comes back, and Kelly rips off a long touchdown run and outscores Austin Eckler. Same thing in Green Bay. When we were trying to make A.J. Dillon a thing without Aaron Jones, Dylan was giving us nothing save for that one game against the Raiders because dot, 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 Raiders. <laughs> but when Aaron Jones comes back, Aaron Jones is doing nothing. I mean, it is it is confusing how Aaron Jones is being so inefficient and so unproductive. But A.J. Dillon is going out here and Quadzilla is rumbling through defenses like they were Tokyo. I don't understand why this is happening. It's confusing to me. It makes me scared. And now I don't know what to do with. I mean, I, I'm going to keep starting Austin Eckler. I'm going to keep starting Aaron Jones. But I don't know that I have a level of confidence in either one of those guys. But I don't know. At the same time, would you start Josh Kelly? Are you are you buying into AJ Dillon now? No, I, I think AJ Dillon has been a product of matchups the last. Like the Raiders, like you said, the Broncos are giving up career highs almost every week to running backs. Aaron Jones to me is the confusing one because he got hurt in week one. We knew that. Then they bring him back. Uh, for the Lions game where he plays very little snaps. Then he's off the next week. Then they have a bye. Like, if if Aaron Jones is this banged up, why not just let him sit out that whole time? Like, why keep trying to force him back early? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, he's your best player. Let him get healthy and then give him all the work he can handle. Yeah, it's it's really confusing. I have no idea why, why it's happening the way it's happening, but it's frustrating for fantasy. And I would think it's frustrating for both those players and their respective teams as well, not getting that level of efficiency out of some top line players. Uh, what's going to be a little bit better is our top performers. We're going to talk about them. I was going to talk about some guys who broke our hearts this week here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. 
nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Taking a look at the top performers for week seven. Of course, we still have the Monday night game yet to be played, but Lamar Jackson just blowing up 357 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, also had 36 yards on the ground and a score that way. And it was nearly 34 points. Deontay Foreman, we mentioned it at the top of the show, 16 carries, 89 yards, two rushing touchdowns, also had three catches for 31 yards and a tud, 33 points from him. A.J. Brown continuing to stay hot. I think this is what, five straight games now? With more than 125 receiving yards, he went 10 for a buck 37 in a score. That was nearly 30. Travis Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day, 12 catches, 179, and a touchdown. I think he had like 150 of those yards in the first half, something like that. It was crazy. Uh, nearly 36 points for him. Dustin Hopkins, four field goals, three uh, extra points in a surprisingly high-scoring Browns-Colts game. That was yeah. at 21 points there. And the Bears defense harassing Brian Hoyer and the Raiders. One sack, three picks, a touchdown. They gave up 12 points. That was good for 17 fantasy points. So let's break down some of these top performers. Maybe some guys who made the list. Maybe some guys who didn't. And uh, we keep saying it was National Tight Ends Day. You're rocking the T-shirt right now. Uh, hooray for Darren Waller. Hooray for Tyrod Taylor and hooray for Darren Waller. Yeah. Hooray for Darren Waller. Hooray for Darren Waller. Fantasy managers all last week. We said it many times like Darren Waller was a top five fantasy tight end. If you didn't count touchdowns. Well, he finally (laughs) scores a touchdown yesterday has his best game of the season on national tight ends. They career high uh, season high in yards and fantasy points. And now he is straight up a top five fantasy tight end this season. He is currently the tight end four on the year, probably going to get passed tonight by TJ Hawkinson, but still 
top five fantasy tight end seven weeks through after week three it looked like he uh might be a big bust candidate now i think he's just someone that you can continue to start week in and week out i just think the giants realize that hey man we got to get the ball to this guy i like he is our best offensive weapon or second best probably behind saquon but either way we got to get the ball in his hands and they've started to do that so that's that's very encouraging uh let's talk about your your quarterback here josh allen because the Bills offense itself has been a bit of a riddle wrapped inside an enigma tied up with a mystery bow. But Josh Allen keeps producing fantasy wise. Like it's not pretty always, but you go back and you look at Josh Allen over the last month or so. In fact, what really he had the bad game in week one against the Jets where he got nine fantasy points. Uh, then a couple weeks ago against the Giants had 13. Every other game he has had at least 21 fantasy points. Weirdly, the last three weeks has been two touchdowns, one pick. Two touchdowns, one pick. Two touchdowns, one pick. So regardless of all the struggles the Bills offense is having and its inability to really get cranked up the way we were expecting, Josh Allen still continues to produce. And so, you know, this is a reason he was one of the top three fantasy quarterbacks off the board is that regardless of the situation, uh, he still keeps getting it done. So if you are worried about all the chatter about the Bills offense, that's understandable. Don't let it affect whether or not you're starting Josh Allen because Josh Allen is still Josh Allen. He's the QB one this season and he has been the fantasy QB one Every year since 2020, even last year, outside of that stretch where he hurt his elbow, he has been the best fantasy quarterback since 2020. He's just, you know, he just keeps on rolling. Speaking of keeping on rolling, remember that one week when Puka Nakua had like 26 yards and everybody's like, oh, it's all over. It's not over, folks. It's not over. One, he had an amazing catch yesterday where I have no idea how he got <laughs> he his got feet. Toes down? Like, I have yeah. no idea how that happened. Amazing. Like, it's not just like, like he's getting propped up by volume or anything like that. Like, this kid is going out there and performing. In fact, Cooper Cup had his fewest yards in a full game since 2020 uh, yesterday. But Puka Nakua went out eight catches, 154 yards. He gave you nearly 25 PPR points without a touchdown. Not many receivers could do that. He is the wide receiver four on the week right now and on the season. And in NFL history, the only wide receiver with more yards in their first seven career games is Jamar Chase. Puka Nakua is the definition of a league winner right now. You got him off the waiver wire or super late in drafts. And let me just save you time now because I know this is going to happen once we hit January and February. There's no Puka this year's Puka Nakua next year. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, right? I mean, we're going to be looking at guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. He's not going to sneak up on anybody, right? So this uh, this is sort of a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. And the debate is over. There's, we're not worried about it. The target share is great. He's doing it. We're not arguing about Puka Nakua anymore. Um, Dallas Goddard is getting back into the swing of things. It was a slow start to him for him to the season, but he started to pick some things up. And a lot like the Giants have decided, hey, man, we should get Darren Waller involved. The Eagles have also realized that, hey, you know what? We got to get Dallas Goddard involved in our offense as well. So after really what was a poor start to the year, two of the last three weeks have been great. Uh, 18.7 points on Sunday night against the Dolphins. A couple of weeks ago, he had almost 26 fantasy points. Starting to get more consistent target share. And this isn't an offense that I don't think has still played its best game yet. I think the Eagles are still looking for a full, complete game, but they're starting to integrate uh, Dallas Goddard a little bit more. So, again, a guy that you drafted probably as a top five or six tight end is starting to produce like a top five or six tight end. So any moments of panic you might have had about Dallas Goddard, uh, I think those go away now. Just yeah, exactly. Woo-saw. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. 
here's the, the biggest takeaway for me with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts is that both these guys can be productive. Zach Moss, obviously the ceiling is lower, but Zach Moss is eating and Jonathan Taylor is getting back to that guy he was a couple years ago. Yeah, they split snaps basically down the middle. It was 51% for Moss, 49% for Taylor. They each had 18 carries, but this week we did see Taylor a little bit more used in the passing game after the week prior. They split that work pretty much in half. Uh, It was 13 routes, four targets for Jonathan Taylor, eight routes, two targets for Zach Moss. Taylor had 120 yards and a touchdown in this game, and this was the first game watching him where I was like, oh, He's getting that burst back, that speed. Like, it, look, his first two games back, he's still working his his way back into shape and all that. He was coming off of an injury. He looks like the Jonathan Taylor that we know and love yesterday. And obviously, you're starting him each and every week. And I think Zach Moss is in play because, I mean, 20 opportunities, even as an RB2 there, like not many running backs get that on a weekly basis. But Jonathan Taylor is back to being an absolute must start. Don't even think twice about it. Just put him in your lineup. Just plug him in your lineup. Uh, and those of you who have Zach Moss, don't don't despair. Don't panic. You don't have to rage drop him because he's still getting opportunities as well. Uh, probably more value in deeper leagues, but even in shallower leagues, he's at least worth hanging on to because he's getting his touches. Uh, last one is Gus Edwards, who had himself a pretty nice day against the Lions defense. And this is a you know, this for me is kind of a mea culpa because I said stay away from Ravens running backs. I was out. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill were splitting snaps. Keaton Mitchell got on the field and played a little bit this past week. And the Lions defense had been locked down. It's just been nails all year long. They were number one in rushing defense. And the Ravens carved them up through the air on the ground. And Gus Edwards was a big part of it. Now, it helped that he had one big, long 80-yard catch and run. The fact of the matter is both these guys are getting opportunities. Now, it's going to be frustrating, I think, a lot of weeks when you look at Edwards and Hill because they're going to sort of eat off of each other's plates. But... Edwards does have some value, especially in deeper leagues. He's going to continue to get touches. He is the lead in the Ravens' backfield, and even though it could be frustrating, I believe it's worth hanging on to Gus Edwards and in the right situation, getting him in your lineup. Maybe not this week because nobody's on a bye, but Gus Edwards still has some fantasy value for you, so that's worth uh, worth keeping an eye on. So those are the guys that we were rah rahing about. What about the guys that we were boo-hooing about? Who disappointed you? <sighs> Amari Cooper. Yeah. And it wasn't so much all on Amari Cooper. Like, he had eight targets, two catches, 22 yards. It was one of those games where, like, he had one ball uh, that he he made a really nice diving catch on, but it just hit the ground. Another one in the end zone went off his hands. It would have been a difficult catch. But the frustrating part is that he just... And I don't want to say, like, his quarterback isn't trying to play or anything like that, but... This is two times in a month where Deshaun Watson has been cleared to play and has not played. Uh, and Stefanski took the bullet this time and said, I didn't want to put him out there after week four. He said he was cleared, but Deshaun didn't want to go back out there. And then he didn't play the game after that. I, I don't know what's going on uh, with, with Watson and, and the Browns passing attack right now, but it is too difficult to trust anyone else outside of Amari Cooper because you never know it, when Watson might leave the game right now. But even so, like... It's making Amari Cooper just kind of like a high upside, low floor type of player. And I think he is so much better than that. I think he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. It's why I was so bullish to draft him this year. But when we're talking about him playing with a third string quarterback, that that's going to hurt. That's the thing that we all liked Amari Cooper because we assumed there was going to be better quarterback play this year. And the guy that we were thinking would deliver that better quarterback play 
just isn't on the field. And so it gets hard to trust Amari Cooper when we're dealing with P.J. Walker. Um, Christian Watson, and this could probably be generally the Packers offense as a whole because <laughs> I was big on Jordan Love this week against the Denver Broncos. They had looked awful all year long. They figured it out apparently this week against the Packers uh, and really shut down that offense. But Christian Watson... He's played three games. Two of them have not been great. Uh, We returned in week four. He had 25 receiving yards. Did have a touchdown that sort of salvaged that day. Followed it up with a nice 91-yard performance. You're like, all right, well, now Christian Watson, he's coming off the bye. Hopefully, he's a little bit healthier. He's got the Broncos. This feels like a big spot for him. 27 receiving yards. That's it. And again, some of this was because the Packers offense as a whole just tripped over its own feet. Um, but, you know, it, you're starting to wonder whether or not Christian Watson is going to have that same level of explosiveness with Jordan Love that he did with Aaron Rodgers. But right now he's getting outplayed by Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs. Not that either of them were great this week either, but they were better than uh, Christian Watson. So, yeah, the, it's certainly not over by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I do want it to get a little bit better. And it has been. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Be sure to listen tomorrow for a little real or mirage, plus our top waiver wire targets. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.